helping families be happy. Well, welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Christopher Robbins, the co-founder of Familius Publishing, husband, father of nine, author, fly fisherman, backpacker, and aspirational musician based in the Central Valley of California. We hope to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. Now I'm happy to introduce today's guest, Brad Berger. Since his childhood, Brad has always had a passion for playing all types of games and even inventing new games for his friends and family to play. As years have passed, Brad has discovered that many of his favorite types of games to create are those where the fun experience leads to personal discovery. These are games that allow a group of people to be fully engaged all at once as they individually express their likes and interests, their interesting stories and dreams, their creativity and unique personalities. With the recent shift in making more personal connections through social media and video communication, Brad has spent much time bringing all kinds of groups together from around the world to assist in creating a most entertaining, educational, and online bonding experience for all involved. Today, we're going to be discussing the value of games, which falls into the familiar play together habit. You can learn more about the familiar 10 habits of happy families by going to the Habit Hub blog on familias.com. So Brad, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Really excited to, to learn about and play some games with you today. <laughs> Thank you, Christopher. I appreciate uh, you having me. Yeah. So uh, this has been an interesting year. Uh, what have you learned about um, our desire for gaming during perhaps one of the most interesting experiences of our life with this pandemic? Yeah, this has been uh, quite, quite an interesting year. And obviously, and the the irony of it is when when i'm not together with my friends and family in person i have uh, created an environment uh for this past year on uh the uh the video platforms um that has actually enabled me to see my kids my own kids more now than i saw them when we were able to see each other in person uh i have my girls on my game nights every week I learned something new about them every time they come on through the games that we're playing, my own family, my friends. So it's really interesting where we're not able to, to go see each other as often. Uh, we've created this environment and I have this, I've had this, this active focus group for a full year that's enabled me to create new games and test them out every week. And, and so, so that's the interesting part of it is, of course, we're all tired of being home and we want to get out there, but uh, this has really um, been an interesting uh, time and gotten us, gotten us away from, from Netflix and all the other things we've been doing at home for a little while and really get engaged. Um, and, uh, you know, so when I create a game and, and, and thank you for the introduction about, you know, my love of games and I've had a love of games for my, my, my whole life. But when I create a game uh, these days, it, it's usually to, the first thing I'm thinking about is how do I bring out the uniqueness of each individual's personalities and interests 
and, and lead to personal discovery. So how can I create a fun environment that's gonna, gonna get, get to, to that end? And I'll just give you a quick example of a game I created a few weeks ago um, where it's, it's a puzzle. It's a very simple thing. You come up with a living creature, right? There's thousands of those out there. And you're trying to get everybody in the group to uh, guess what your living creature is. But before you do that, you have to ask a series of personal questions uh, and they have to answer them. And if they answer them correctly, they get a clue. So I might say something like, do I like uh, uh, pesto sauce or carbonara more? Which one do I like more? Uh, do I like going to Greece or to France? And if they answer correctly, they get a certain clue and then that leads them to figure out the puzzle. So it's a, it's a kind of a puzzle game, but also reveals a little about, about me at the same time. Well, that's kind of interesting. So, so our family plays when we go on a, on a road trip we're in the car. We, as you get, as our listeners know, I have nine children. Um, we're down to four yeah. at home, so it's like no one's home anymore. And um, and as we're driving, we'll one of the kids will say, oh, "Let's play guess the animal." And in, in our family, you know, it's important because you have to really know. It, it, you have to have to know your species. And so, what you've added to this is, well, I don't just say yes or no when someone says, "Is it a mammal?" Um, they have to. I have to give them a, a you know. Did I, when I was in high school, did I go to the school dances or did I stay home playing video games? And they have to answer the question right. and then I can give them the answer. So there's a deeper level of, of connection there. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's always what I'm thinking about when I'm creating these. And it's not always just about your interests. A lot of times it's, oh, if, oh, uh, uh, Uncle Bob is uh, really more creative than I thought he was, uh, given the job he has. And and uh, and Sue, uh, she's got a little acting ability in her. And because all of my games have a, a different uh, set of, of, of um, social experiences. So some are straight out getting to know you stuff. Some are, um, you know, how well do you have a pulse on popular opinion? How well do you match your list with the others in the group? Some are creativity, some are uh, games of deception. Even a lot of my strategy games are all based on how well you know your group. Uh, and so that's really the difference. You know, I love board games. I've got tons of board games at home here, play them, I love playing them. But a lot of time it's the board game manufacturer that's dictating the content, that's driving the content. With the games I'm creating, it's, it's your own group that's driving the content. So if you have young kids or, you know, or people who are interested in, in sports or, or entertainment or, you know, that's what drives the content of my games most of the time. So, okay. So why, why do we like games? I, I was reading an article about how settler, the game, the board game Settlers of Catan, which we like to play, um, is, is had this enormous year in 2020. I'm just curious with your research and with what you've done, why, why do we like to play games so much? Uh, you know, I, I mean, there's, everybody's got a certain level of, I guess, competitiveness in them, right? Um, in, the, uh, in the book that we published together uh, recently, I had a little thing at the beginning of the book talking about beware of overly competitive Billy. You know, uh, there's, I, I separate competitive, everybody's competitive nature into four different quadrants. 
And so everybody's got a little competitive in them. So that's one thing that drives it. Um, but, but I just think that um, it's, it's uh, just everyone's nature. And, and you know, I'll listen, I've bumped into a lot of people over the years. Oh, I'm not a gamer. I, I don't like games. I don't like games. Um, and it usually means they're, too, they're way too competitive. They'd rather just not play uh, because it would, it would bring out something in them they don't want anybody to see or they can't win or, or something like that. And, um, but that's why with, with the games that I create a lot of times, it's really more about, and I know this is cliche, the journey of the game, less about the points. And of course, every game has a point system. Everybody's, a, these are, they're winners, there are losers, but it's, it's typically at the end of my sessions playing games for three or four hours a lot of times, uh, it's less about who wins the overall, who's got more points, um, and just about the journey of the game. So I love how you've expressed that. And we, we do like games. I, I've learned that you know, people like games because um, everyone understands the objective. Um, there's rules of play. Like we, we, know, we know what the rules are, and we, and we all agree to play by those same rules, right? Um, it can get a little complicated when you have you know, two competitive Billy. Um, it, it, it makes it less fun, right? Um, and, 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 that's, and that's another part of games is that, you know, we can choose whether we play or not. Um, your book, um, The Big Book of Family Games, it's a really fun book. What's unique about it is that this book, if I remember right, only requires, you know, basically paper and pencil and people. So maybe right. the PPs, paper, pencil and people. So um, right. what is the advantage of, of games like that? Or is there an advantage of games like that over the board games. I, you, you said one thing that that in, that maybe Mattel, they're controlling what you do, and this is a little bit more organic. Yeah, it's 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 really not just the paper and pens. It's it's um, it, it's you know everybody's, you know I have a game. I have a game for example. It's got Jimmy and Betty, which a lot of people, a lot of my creative group love, where you got you got five random letters. And everybody's trying to create a sentence from those letters. And they're trying to make it as amusing a sentence or as interesting a sentence as possible, given those parameters. And they're, they're, they're vying for votes. So you have these paper pens and you're, you're, you're using your creativity. You're not taking anything that the game developer gave you. You're doing it yourself. And, and so that's, that's what it is. It's less about the paper and pens um, and more about, the, you know, your, your, I mean, I, I was on a game night last night and one of my, uh, my friends showed me his book that's about 150 pages of all the notes from the game nights we've had over the past year. <laughs> and uh, it, he just loves to keep the notes, see all the things he's created, all of the things that have, that have taken place and no game developer could dictate that. Um, you know, it's, it was all driven by him and everybody else in the group. Oh, that's great. I just, it, the, the people aspect is so important and getting to know each other. Yeah. What about, that's, that's a really valuable part of our relationships is really caring enough to learn about someone else. And you've done it yeah. in a very creative way. Well, let's play a game. Help me understand what I, what I need to do. All right. So, so Christopher, here's what I'm going to do with you. I have, I have a new game <laughs> called The Matrix. So, you know, you've seen The Matrix with Keanu Reeves. Yes, that I movie? on, on no. an airplane, I saw the Matrix. It, it really freaked okay, me out. So, so he puts on the helmet, and within five minutes, he's an, uh, he's an expert in judo or karate or all the martial arts, 
that helmet makes him amazing at whatever skill he decides to learn, okay? So I'm gonna give you five skills now, Christopher, and you're gonna have to eliminate two, and I'm gonna have to, I wanna guess which three you're gonna pick. So you put on a helmet, and in five minutes, you are, for the rest of your life, you're amazing at these skills. And so here are your five choices, okay? You've got play the violin, You've got a Cirque du Soleil performer. You've got ballroom dancer. Uh, speak Chinese fluently. And you've got ice sculpture artist. Now, normally, you know, the group would, 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 would be the ones to put in the categories in a hat, mix them up, and, we, and Christopher gets to pick out the five random. But I'm just doing this for the in the interest of time. I picked picked out five for my big big list here. So I have to try to figure out what you're going to say now. What would you? Which three would you pick, and which two would you throw out? So let me know when you're ready. Okay. And I will. Uh, so I'm understanding. Got, with, you've given me these five skills that I can choose three that I get to keep for the rest of my life, and the skills that you right. offered me when I put on my Matrix helmet are uh, violin. That's right be a Cirque du, Soleil, Cirque du Soleil performer, be a barroom dancer, uh, speak Chinese fluently, or create, you know, really great ice sculptures. Right, right. So okay. you're picking three out of these five. So I, you and know, based on how well I know you, I'm going to try to figure it yeah. out here. Right. So I, well, I, I it, it's, it's easy tell, for me. I, tell I know me if you're locked in. I'm, I'm, I already know which ones I'm giving up because I know. You which already know. All right. So let me, let me talk. Let me talk about you first before you reveal, because okay. that's how I play these games. The whole group now gets to talk about Christopher and your each of your kids might think something different. Your friends might think something different. That's the beauty of it. A lot of times couples in my games get each other wrong. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of funny. So I'm just going to just at the top of my head, I'm going to say, I'm going to pick these uh, three. Okay. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, Christopher, if you could speak Chinese fluently, and don't give me any hints yet, I'm going to say you're going to go for that. That's an amazing language to speak. If you could speak it fluently within five minutes, go for it. Uh, I don't know how, actually, you are a musician. So I, I don't know if the violin is one of them, but I'm going to say that's a beautiful instrument to play. So you're going to pick violin. And then I'm thinking between the other three, even though personally I would go for the Cirque du Soleil performer, I think you, you want to be an amazing ballroom dancer. So I'm getting rid of ice sculpture artist and Cirque du Soleil performer, and I'm going with violin Chinese and ballroom dancer. Yeah, how, how wrong was I? <laughs> I'm amazed. You're 100% correct. You got it all really? right. Yeah, absolutely. Huh? Like, I, I looked at your list, and yes, I'm a musician, and I... You know, I, I play the cello, the guitar, the, the piano, the Irish tin whistle, the saw, um, and and I have a violin that sits there in that house. And I thought I'd sure like to learn to play the fiddle and uh, I haven't picked it up yet. So, yes, on that one, Cirque du Soleil, you know, I, I've been to that and it looks so wonderful. But, you know, I'm 53 years old and every time I try to do something new now, I, I injure myself. And so I don't want to do that now. Ballroom dance. My wife and I, we're part of a ballroom dance club. And uh, we, oh. when there's not a pandemic, we get together and, and, and dance uh, once a month. And we love that. And there's just there's some data that suggests that 
Um, dancing is one of the things that can help um, those people who can develop Alzheimer's. And so uh, mm. I want to keep dancing. Uh, speaking Chinese, absolutely. Why wouldn't somebody want to learn this language when there's such an, it's such, such an important economy and such an important country? I sculpture, I'm an artist. I love, I love sculpting and different things, but you know, it just seems so, so temporary to me. It just didn't, doesn't, it doesn't excite me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's fun. Right. Okay. All right. hundred percent. I get, I get, I get points. You get points. That's how that works in the, okay. in the, in the point system. <laughs> Let's play another one. Yeah. Play another one. All right. Play so here, here's what I'm going to do with you on this. This is a, a favorite of game of one of my new games that I created over the past a year for the pandemic. It's called, it's a numbers game. So basically uh, I uh, pick out a few things here. I ask the, I ask the person to uh, put down numbers associated to these questions. So you're going to try to guess me this time. So my first question to myself here is how many French fries have I eaten in the past 60 days? Individual French fries. Okay. I'm going to, I'm about to give you numbers. So just hold on. Just, you know. The second question is how many days have I been on Facebook in the past year? And the third question is how many days have I eaten pasta in the past six months? So my questions again are, how many French fries have I eaten in the past 60 days? How many days have I been on Facebook in the past year? And then how many days have I eaten pasta in the past six months? So now I'm gonna give you three numbers, Christopher. I'm not gonna tell you where they correspond. You're gonna to have to figure that out. So the three numbers that I'm giving you are in, in from lowest to highest, 20, 60, and 90. So your challenge here is which is the 20, which is the 60, which is the 90? And, you know, I'll give you a little time here. And what, what happens in the, with the group is everybody in the group says, ah, I know, Brad, this is what's this is, this is it. And then everybody goes around talking about why my numbers are, are what they are. Okay. So I'm understanding that I need to, I need to pick that you've given me the numbers, 20, 60, and 90. Right. So those three right. numbers correspond to these questions. How right. many French fries you ate in 60 days? How many days you've been on Facebook in the last year? And how much, how much, how many days you've eaten pasta in the last six months? Right. Okay. So uh, I think I can, I think I can get third, you know, statistically I should be able to get 33% of this correct. So <laughs> you got to get them all right. Otherwise there's no credit. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I think I, I'm going to, I'm going to put down my guesses here. Um, it, the, the challenge for me is between fries and pasta um, fries Fries are, you know, held, you know, when you get a, a you know, bag of fries, there's quite a few fries in there so that the opportunity goes, this potential just goes way up. Um, so I'm going to that there and I'm going to go here. Um, uh, uh, yeah, there we go. Okay, so here's my answer. I, I don't know if it's correct. I'm thinking about Brad. Um, I, a little bit I know about Brad. He's very busy. Uh, he's busy writing games. He's doing a lot of virtual work, which makes me wonder if he's doing the virtual work on Facebook or if he's doing it through Zoom. If he's doing it through Facebook, then I'd go for the 90. But I, I don't know if he's a Facebook guy. I think he might be a Zoom guy. And so I'm, 
So we're in a little bit tied. So here are my answers. I think for French fries, uh, you've eaten 90 French fries. Facebook days, uh, I'm going to say you're not a Facebook guy. You're 20. And I, and I think that you're, you're, I think you like fries, but I really think you're a pasta guy. And so I think that you've, you've, you've eaten pasta, you know, 60 times in the last six months. Okay. Okay. Good analysis. <laughs> you were, you were, you weren't far. You were, you were close. You were close. Uh, a lot of my friends who, who, who would see this, would go, Brad, that 90 is way too low for the pasta. <laughs> so I eat a lot of pasta. <laughs> I mean, I lived in, in Italy a long time. I, I, I'm, I'm a New York. I love the, I've just, I love pasta way too much. So the 90 is the pasta. Oh. And you're right. I'm a, Zoom, I'm a Zoom guy. All of our game nights have been on Zoom. I don't go on Facebook much at all just to uh, accept a friend request or something like that. But so that's really the only time I'm on Facebook. And the French fries, I'm not a big fry eater, but I figure in, in 60 days, I've, yeah, you're right. I've had maybe two uh, bags and each bag has about 30 fries in it. <laughs> so. Right. Well, there, there you go. So like I said, uh, you know, statistically, um, I should have gotten 33% and, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, this is fun. So these are games that, that just took a second, but they allowed me to get to know you. Uh, you got to know me. Our audience got to know both of us. And, and that's, that's, that's a very clever way of expanding the objective of games, not just to win, not to get the most points, but to get to know each other. Um, help yeah. us understand how has this been working virtually for you? Is it as effective as in person or not? Oh yeah, in fact, uh, to be honest, it's it's maybe even more effective. Um, uh, of course, I can't wait to get back out and, and see everybody in person again. But what I've done is I've adapted the games to the Zoom environment, where I've I've created a situation where everybody picks a game. We play it for five or 10 minutes and then we move on to a next game. Sometimes when I'm in person, we all play the same game for an hour. But here, everybody picks a different gaming experience. I've cut down on the amount of time it takes. And because um, you don't want to have a lot of, uh, you know, when you, especially when you have 10, 15, 20 people on a Zoom, you want to keep things flowing pretty quickly. And, uh, and so um, keep keeping people engaged. And so it's really worked well and to the point where, yeah, I've got groups asking me to, to, to host their, 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 their game nights, the companies, schools and stuff. And I wish I had the time to do it all. Uh, but I, yeah, it's, it's been really uh, working well. And as I said, my kids are on every week and I just love seeing them all the time. And in this kind of environment too. That's great. Now, so why don't you give us as an audience, uh, just a couple of tips on helping us play games virtually. You, you, you said to keep it moving quickly, but can you give us a couple of tips that might help us? Yeah, the most important thing is don't pick up my book, uh, any of them, and, and just start to do it uh, when you, once you get everybody together. Uh, have a plan, uh, come up with a, st a strategy of the games you're gonna play, have some visual aids. So I have all these visual visual aids in on Word documents that I can where I can share my screen and say, okay, everybody, take a look at the screen. Here's what we're playing. These are examples of the games. Um, now we're going to go play it. So have a strategy before you set up this Zoom call. Um, 
I have somebody doing that with her family uh, tomorrow, actually. She's doing a whole thing based on what we've what she's done with me for the last six months. And I said, yeah, have a strategy, uh, have some visual aids, and then you guys can have a lot of fun in a couple hours and there's not a lot of downtime. Well, I think I'm going to have to invite you to facilitate a game night for my family because I've, I've been using your book and it sounds like I can do a better job. <laughs> and maybe you yeah, no question. Coach. Now I'm sure other people, other people might uh, you know need to reach you. Uh, so where can our guests find you, Brad? So um, uh, the best thing to do is uh, to uh, to email me really at this point. Um, and um, uh, do you want me to just give out my, my email? Sure. You can do it if you have a, a LinkedIn profile. If you have uh, an email, I have, you can, yes. You can, yes, you can certainly look, look for me on LinkedIn. I have uh, my two businesses there, one my, my, my day job, and then also the uh, Big Book of Family Games there. So they'll be able to find me there. Uh, it's Brad Berger. And, um, or you can, you can email me at, at bberger at kellerpubs.com. That's K-E-L-L-E-R-P-U-B-S.com. And um, uh, there you go. <laughs> Right. And you and you're from what we under, you're actually facilitating some games for businesses and groups around the world right now. I am. And um, I'm going to have a new website soon. I, I, I'm not going to reveal the name of it yet, but that's where people will be able to see the books that we publish with Familius and also this opportunity to uh, to have me host your own uh, game night. That's great. Well, I love your book, The Big Book of Family Games. It's just a, it's so much fun. Um, so Brad, thanks for taking time to play a few games with us today and be part of Familius Family. As we conclude today's podcast, I, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support and bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. Uh, we'd be thrilled if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review. If you're looking for more Familius content, be sure to visit us at Familius.com, where you will find our Habit Hub blog and more amazing books for families one step at a time, and even one game at a time, we can make the world a happier place. We talk together, learn together, play, work, eat together, we laugh together.